So guess what? What? I don't know. Dave King Season 2. Welcome back, everybody, to Pair of Kings, where we are bringing you business as usual, tomfoolery as planned. My name is John Hogaboom, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Saul Thompson. Hey, everybody. Hope hey, you're Saul. doing well. Hope you're having a great Thursday. It's been a while since I've made the uh, incorrect day mistake, so it's always, <laughs> a, always a positive. <laughs> Saul, who else do we have with us today? Yeah, um, it's Thursday. It's uh, time for a exciting guest episode um we have um mean page that i am personally a very big fan of uh created back in only may actually of 2019 uh but is currently sitting at about 27,000 followers it is caddy aka pathetic fashion hello welcome welcome Thank you. thanks very much for having me guys really really appreciate it oh of course we're, we're happy to have you on um how are you today I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, just um, a little bit short on sleep. There seems to be a bit of a firework problem going on in, um, in oh my New York at the moment. But Yeah, uh, I've heard about yeah. that. Yeah, not really sure. I mean, there's a few conspiracies flying around, but, um, you know, slightly sleep deprived. But apart from that, pretty good. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hoping that gets solved soon. But uh, yeah, that's been absolutely crazy reading about. I'm all the way out in Michigan, so that's not a problem over here. But uh, yeah, that's been wild. Um, but we're glad you're you're good. Hopefully, you can get some sleep after we're done recording. But uh, we're happy to have you on the episode, regardless. <laughs> and uh, let's start things right off with the fit check. Um, we'll start with myself. Yes, sir. Awesome. Um, I guess we'll go from the bottom up. Uh, I'm wearing I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing these uh, Vivian Westwood Essex sneakers. Probably my favorite. Oh, nice. Um, favorite pair of world well, trainers i should probably say i can't believe i've already um had the english knocked out of me i have a <laughs> pair of um, a pair of kappa sweatpants you know that working from home um fit today of course um a t-shirt is actually a 21 savage tour t-shirt from a couple okay. years ago um i i can't get enough of a good um a good like band merch tee um mm. and who better to rep than 21 and I have a Places and Faces hoodie because um, despite it being very warm, I keep my bedroom like very, very cold, Baltic temperatures <laughs> and one of those people. I do um, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Partly because I want to wear a hoodie. Um, um, also, yeah, I can't really bear the heat. Um, I'm also wearing a hat. I'm wearing an Acme Studios hat because um, uh, my, obviously I haven't managed to have a haircut in about four months now, so I look pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, been bleaching my hair for a year or so. Which doesn't really doesn't really work when you can't have a cut, so it's just a complete mess. Oh geez, yeah, I had my first haircut in four months last Friday, so very jealous. It was, it was honestly <laughs> the best experience of quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a solid fit. Very very nice. Yeah. Um, Saul, what do you got on today? Yeah, um, my fit is pretty simple. I'm going into finals week for the classes that I'm taking online. So it is like the full, I haven't left my room in 28 hours fit. Uh, <laughs> it is the very rare uh, pair of Kings t-shirt. It is one of three. Um, it's a super, super rare, probably the rarest thing I own. 
Um, and then on my legs, I have a pair of shorts that I picked up in Australia. Um, it's got, I think the character is called Oswald. Um, it's called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. But um, he, it's just like a, a bunch of different expressions of Oswald the Rabbit on these yellow shorts. It's like sort of hideous, but kind of in the best way. <laughs> so I describe myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and obviously, I am not wearing shoes, but that is the uh, pretty below subpar fit as compared to Caddy. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat an ironic print. Truly, <laughs> truly. What about you, John? What are you on? Well, speaking of ironic prints, I have a bit of one on myself. Uh, on top, I have the Prada Impossible True Love Camp Collar Bowling shirt. Um, with Elvis and Cleopatra kissing on the front. That is certainly a loud one, but I love it. I um, <laughs> put a picture of it on my Instagram this past week. Thank you to all of the kings and queens in the audience who liked and commented. Felt very loved. Um, on the legs, we've got a pair of Nike ACG hiking shorts uh, in a gray, silvery colorway with pink accents. Huge fan of these shorts. They've been all around the world, actually, with me. So they uh, lo very long-standing history with these guys. And then on foot, what else but the signature pod and stocks? Uh, Caddy, if you weren't aware, I wear a pair of Birkenstocks for nearly every single episode. <laughs> they uh, they seem to be my good luck charm on this show. So had to bring them out for this this special episode as well. The same pair. Yeah. Same pair. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So, but yeah, that is uh, that's what I've got going on today. Nice. Solid fit. Thank you, thank you. Uh, with that, we will get right into the meat and potatoes, if you will, of this podcast. Uh, I'll start things out. So, Caddy, what inspired the creation of your page, Pathetic Fashion? Um, I mean, it's it, it's it can be a very long story. That um, I guess the shorter version is, um, I've always kind of run meme pages. I've always grown meme pages. Okay. Um, I, since I was probably 17 is when I started building meme pages. Wow. Uh, on Twitter was the kind of the space that I kind of occupied. And how old uh, are you now? I'm 24 now. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, it's been a while. I think there's not, I think if you could have a veteran in the meme space, like I guess that was kind of how. <laughs> You've got um, quite the resume. Yeah. Quite the resume, exactly. Um, but I used to, I basically used to have quite an audience on Twitter, probably around half a million followers uh, at one Jeez. point. Um, however, many people who are familiar with the Twitter meme space would know uh, they were all suspended by Twitter, that Twitter did a sort of cull of pretty mm -hmm. much every single meme page on the platform. Um, partly because we all used a technique called tweet decking to grow the pages, which essentially meant, um, you know, collating all of the pages onto one sort of platform and then using this platform to retweet each other. And it would, they, they kind of counted it as, um, inflating engagement and uh, sh shut all the pages down. Oh no! Uh, which was, I, it's you know, it's pretty unfair, and uh, they they were you know didn't offer much explanation. Um, but that basically left a bit of a, a void in my my soul for. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, it was it was hard, but then I you know whatever it was uh, it's one of those things. It's I'm, I'm never precious about the the, the followings, and then um. Uh, one day I kind of figured I'd, I was missing making memes and I thought, well, what's like an area that I'm uh, fairly interested in that was fashion. Um, so I decided to start a meme page. Um, 
and that's that's I guess the condensed version. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Just look how much it's grown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that what I what I've learned about because um, I never really built pages on Instagram, uh, and then what I learned with Instagram is that it's quite difficult now to kind of grow generic meme pages. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when you find like a niche or quite a specific space, there's there's kind of like these smaller but much more kind of highly engaged communities that will um that grow grow kind of quicker and obviously like 27k isn't a lot but um it's like to i think start a page in 2019 and get it to that that point is um from from my experience anyway kind of quite difficult yeah that's Um, that's really good so that is yeah that's the the very brief history of (laughs) the fashion well we're happy you're here now thank you i'm very very uh, appreciate the opportunity course of course of um, course. so we wanted to ask you you know you made your page only about a year ago um kind of you know this is a, an area that you yourself are interested in uh what's the story behind the the name pathetic fashion yeah i mean so that's there's also uh, probably something i should mention I, I didn't actually come up with the name um i actually bought the page off someone when it had like a uh, like a very small thing it was like two or three thousand followers to begin with um <laughs> So like I, I basically figured that I hadn't really had experience started from zero on Instagram. Um, so I, I did like a deep dive and, and messaged a few pages and found a kind of small one and thought, well, I'll just take this from, see if I can grow it from, I think it only been <laughs> around for um, literally two or three weeks or so. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's cheating, but um, I, never came <laughs> up with, I never came up with the name myself to be fair, but I quite liked it. It was, um, I thought it was quite, uh, um what's the word like like simple almost um mm-hmm. and i think it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of stuck quite nicely i think yeah absolutely mm. it's very recognizable as well it is it is i have i have actually toyed with changing it i've toyed with like um developing it sometime in the future i think that the, the kind of trend seems to be people like punning off obviously designers and stuff mm-hmm. like that that seems to kind of be the the main trend um <laughs> And so I've like toyed with that in the past, but I don't know. I always think that, that changing is, is a dangerous game at the same time. Yeah. That's true. People will be like, wait, who is this person I follow? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's really interesting. I, I didn't know that that was the you, the transfer of ownership between the account. The origin story, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pathetic fashion origins. We have our uh, episode title. Um. With your with your page, of course, you do have quite a few followers. What has been your favorite interaction as a result of the page existing, besides this podcast, of course? <laughs> oh yeah, was, that goes without saying. Um, I think for me, the my favorite interaction was probably. Um, I, I always do this when I build pages. I, I always like don't tell anyone I'm doing it and just kind of see if I can uh, grow it to a point that um, someone I know will see it in the wild. And that's mm. like, that gives me a good kick. So I, I, I had like uh, a couple of friends sending me, um, obviously because the stuff I was making memes about was stuff that I probably talked about in real life as well. <laughs> so I, I had a few friends who would send me memes like, oh, this is uh, similar to that joke you made two days ago. Um, and then I'd be like, oh, that's me. And then that's, uh, I don't know, that's that's like a, a kind of fun way of, that's the, the fun face reveal, I guess. Oh, absolutely! Um, yeah. I had I had a, I had a few of those with this page, and I think that's I don't know. I always get a good kick out of that. That's really cool. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, 
you've talked a little bit about growing your page and maybe even changing the name, but where would you like to see your page go in the future? Um, that's a good question. I think that one thing that I've considered um, is perhaps um, focusing the content to be a little bit more on the UK side. I am um, mm -hmm. obviously I'm from the UK originally, and I, I was kind of thinking recently about what some, um, what the kind of, the, the, you know, where the kind of fashion meme space is. Um, and the one, the one kind of part of that I think is missing is there's no one that really makes UK fashion memes that often mm -hmm. uh, and that kind of consistently. And, you know, there are tons of, US, you know, US fashion meme pages um, and tons that are probably better than me, to be honest. So I kind of think one day maybe I can um, really serve that UK audience a bit better. Um, mm -hmm. Once what I realized in the UK is that we're usually a few years behind everything the US does. Um, <laughs> so like, I'm sure there'll be a space in the future where there are 10, 20 fashion UK meme pages. Um, so I was, you know, part, part of me thinks that that might be an interesting space to explore. Mm. Um, but, but also what I like about fashion meme pages, and we've obviously seen it with the, the kind of development of the, the biggest ones is that they, because they operate in such a niche and they're, um, you know, like a, arguably such an influential space, you can kind of really build these pages into into anything. They could be like, you know, brands, they could be um, like media companies, if you if you will, or, or mm -hmm. um, you know, even just, uh, I think, if, you know, you've seen a few few of the pages try dropping stuff. And I think that's like, because you, you're serving an audience who are effectively so into fashion, uh, you do have an opportunity to to, you know, uh, build something, build some kind of creative house or some sort of um, absolutely you know, product company off the back of it. So I don't know. It's 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 one of those things that I'm not really thinking too much about where it goes, but um, the right idea comes, and who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting space to see it kind of become a brand. Like I saw, um, I don't know if you know Carson Craning behind Meme Saint Laurent. But he put a call out on his story today for models in the L.A. area. So he must be planning some sort of project or merch or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I think because you, yeah, the, the value of the audience is so high, arguably, because of the, um, the, the purchase intent of the people who follow it. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you're operating in such like a, a tight culture that, um, yeah, you have an opportunity to launch projects like that. Yeah, but Absolutely. it comes up with, I'm sure it's something. Exciting. Yeah. And uh Pair of Kings, Rick Owens collab coming soon. <laughs> so um we've talked a lot about your page, but we'd like to get to know you a little bit more. Uh of course you are yourself into fashion. If you had to describe your style, how would you do so? Mm, that's a really difficult question trying to describe your own style. It is tough. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I've I'm someone whose style has evolved quite aggressively in the last maybe three or four years. I think about the person I was when I um, so I'm from from the UK originally, but moved to New York about four years ago, and mm. that has heavily kind of <laughs> heavily influenced my um, the way I dress. And um, you know, I was someone who basically only wore shirts and liked looking smart wearing blazers when I moved here, um, and then I think Brooklyn kind of knocked that out of me. So I had this like. Um, I'd say I'm like a I'm someone who adores prints. So if you know me, you know that like most of my most of my outfits are kind of built around one piece that is like a kind of quite loud all over print of some kind, um, and then the rest of the outfit will will basically be built with the intent to um, complement the print. So like I have a lot of you know um, more subtly branded uh, p 
pieces that kind of will fit around that. But like my wardrobe is built around kind of uh, statement pieces almost. Um, I don't know if that's a good answer, but um, I, I, think, I guess the brands that come off the back of that, I, I, I find myself wearing a lot of um, like a good mix of kind of British, like Vivian Westwood and um, like European brands like Stone Island. Um, oh, nice. but, then, but then sprinkling in the sort of uh, the American influence, like Supreme, I guess, and um, uh, other stuff. I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head. Of course. Um, what is your favorite <laughs> statement piece that you have? Favorite statement piece? Um, I it would probably be a uh, good question. My favorite statement piece uh, is probably a um, a denim jacket I have from Calvin Klein, who I think when um, Raf was at the helm, it's a uh, it's like an all over print of uh, Brooke Shields, kind of in a and mm. I think in a piece in a kind of advert they did for her like way back in the 80s um and it's just one of those sick pieces i kind of like measure my pieces by how many compliments i get when i'm out um, <laughs> and that one is like a, a kind of sure pie every time absolutely um, yeah the raf calvin collection as a whole like i feel like everything in there is make, just makes a crazy statement i have a pair of the boots from them and it's just it's they're unreal yeah yeah it does it's funny it's an interesting thing is i have a friend here who um who worked at Calvin Klein when he was um, he was there? Oh wow! And he can he basically said that um, I don't think he worked like close to his, close to that department or anything, but he was like at Calvin in general, and he basically said that the sales for any of Calvin uh, any of Raf's like menswear stuff was just really really low, yeah. um, and like just didn't really didn't really perform commercially whatsoever, which is I guess part partly the reason it didn't really work out. Yeah, um, but I think that's like the bubble we live in. We all think that. <laughs> that like everyone um appreciates it as much as we do but i think if you think about the commercial audience with someone like Calvin Klein, they're just probably not interested in those kind of pieces mm. mm -hmm. i've heard uh i've heard rumblings from the new york party scene about you showing up to a couple of parties in a black and gold versace jacket wow wait what <laughs> <laughs> we do our research here you do do your research fuck um i'm trying to think of any tips of you wearing that um yeah, I do have a, it's like a kind of rain, um, it's like a raincoat, which is the, the black and gold. Massage. Yeah, that is very, very, a very gaudy piece. Um, but uh, I probably don't wear it as much as the price tag justifies <laughs> for various reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on a little bit uh, to kind of the larger fashion world and just kind of your thoughts on it. Do you think that there is inherently a difference between the supreme hype beast of, you know, like 2014 through 20, even now, honestly, um, and kind of the Rick Owens um, archive hype beast of today? Um, that's a good one. It's like, I think that there's obviously been an evolution in the kind of what you'd consider the mainstream um, taste of like the, the kind of young men's fashion world. Um, but you, I guess you could say that there's not much difference in the, um, the, the, the kind of adopters now of the, the kind of Rick and the more avant-garde stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, a, lot of, a lot of them are just oc occupying a space in, in that they're, um, they're wearing what they think they should wear or they're wearing what they think is acceptable what to wear right now and i think that's like the, the kind of thing that underpins all of my opinion on fashion is um and it's like a, it's a point that i always try and make in my when i'm running my meme pages i get a lot of comments from people saying like oh what's wrong with the, the shoes why, why why 
why are you making fun of these? And like, I just want people, I want to get across and make it really, really clear that I really don't give a fuck. And I don't think anyone does really care what people wear. On, yeah, and yeah. It, sh- it should never really matter what anyone thinks about what you wear, mm-hmm. particularly, a, particularly a meme page. Um, oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but it's important, I think, to, to forge your own style and to like have your own opinions and take your own risks. And I think that often it's just, uh, you know, we're in a space that some brands get lost in the kind of um, the like the canon of people just wearing it because they see other people wearing it. And then it's like a mm. it's like a they get lost down that void and it never ends. And, and then you end up like the Comme des Garçons shoes, um, <laughs> which I think is unfair. I think they're nice pair of shoes, but like you once you're down that rabbit hole that's it almost um and i think the supreme hype beasts of today i think it's no different um that the kind of like yeah the logo wearing supreme of, of those days of the, the people who wear the kind of dunks these days um <laughs> if you think about their intentions it's it's you know social status more than anything which i guess is a shame but yeah. probably inevitable it makes mm. me sad i've been into nike sbs since like 2007 when i was 11 years old so Exactly. It's been uh, it's been tough to see all my favorites go up to thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've talked a little bit about kind of people wanting to blend in and kind of how you see that. Do you have any brands uh, either as like personal favorites or ones that you just know about and are generally a fan of um, that you really do think stand out? Yeah, um, there are a couple, I guess. I'm a, I'm a huge Vivian Westwood fan. I wear a lot of Vivian Westwood particularly because mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of brand that there are pieces and they have such a such an archive that there are pieces that um, are just so unique and so different and like uh, you would never know a Vivian but um, have her like stamp on them and I think that's what I think that's something I get a kick out of um, I think there are a lot of like like more modern brands that are doing really well at that as well I think um, I don't know if you know Wako Maria but um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah kind of Japanese um Japanese house but the the prints they make and like the the collaborations they have are just so kind of idiosyncratic and like loud and crazy and um I think it's those pieces that you buy that are just that will just live like forever they'll never kind of grow old and um that's why I try and avoid too much like logo heavy stuff um Mm. in the past but more recently I kind of learned that um if you're playing a risk when you kind of buy you know buy something that's playing with like a, a loud logo you're like taking a risk on that brand equity. Almost. Yeah. But if you buy a sick piece, it's a sick print or a, a sick silhouette and um, it's more discreet, then it doesn't really matter where it's from. It's more the, the way you wear it and the, the, yeah, the way it kind of fits around your style as well. For sure. Very well said. Um, taking it back to your meme page for a second, we talked about how you do this and we do the same thing. We'll make memes about something and people will say, oh, why is that? Why are you making a meme about that? Like, I have a pair of those. <laughs> I always feel bad because, of course, we want everyone to just wear what they're comfortable in. But uh, what is your your favorite thing or things to make memes about? Um, I think it's, like, for me, it's not even necessarily a certain, like, piece or brand. I think for me, my favorite thing to make memes about is is almost like the absurdity of fashion itself. Mm-hmm. I think that for one, for whatever reason, I think that um, some a topic that the the kind of fashion meme world uh, tackles really well, and I guess other kind of meme genres do do kind of as well as the um the kind of like <laughs> the existential philosophy of it all, and like um, the kind of the realization we all eventually come to that 
you know, fashion is ridiculous and that we're all kind of just, you know, in this never ending cycle of consumerism and um, it isn't necessarily healthy. And I think that that's just like a, it's like a funny kind of thing to touch on. And um, like one thing we need to be very self-aware of, I think, um, I think there's nothing wrong with like falling into the fashion kind of um, wormhole, but um, I, I've always enjoyed uh, those comments that people are kind of drop in and be like, oh shit, that was, you know, you didn't need to say that. Oh God, like, um, you know, <laughs> oh, too, too deep, man, too deep. Um, so I think it's less like, it's, yeah, less, I, like for me, I'm, I'm no interested in making people feel bad about certain like pieces they wear. And um, like, and, and whenever I do that, I'm always very clear to make out that, like, I actually, you know, I actually quite like Virgil Abloh. I actually quite like um, the shoes with the hearts on, but um, you know, <laughs> you need content, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a proud owner of a pair of <laughs> CDD chucks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very well said. So moving right down, I guess, um, our list of questions here. Um, do you have a dream collab? Would that be a, a collab that I would, <laughs> would be involved in? Or do you mean like two other brands that I would like to link up? It can be anything. We've had answers varying from um, Polar Seltzer X PS4, was it, John? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, and oh, Akira X uh, Undercover. Wow, okay, got it, got it. That was Space well, I... Operas, and the first one was Deadstock Report. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Um, I'm, I'm really waiting for, for some brand to bring back Heelys. I think like a, oh. a kind of like Nike and Adidas teaming back up with Heelys. Um, <laughs> I can't, I, I, there's no reason why, um, you know, a few fashion influencers sticking our Instagram won't suddenly kind of boost that, that back into the, the kind of rotation for a few people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think Vetmont would crush Heelys. Like they could yeah. do it so well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think one of my favorite, too. sorry. There you go. Uh, I think one of my favorite things that <laughs> that somebody made uh, were Yeelys. There was a pair of Yeezy 350s that somebody made into <laughs> into Yeelys. I remember that. That's when they were like the big hot shoe too. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I love fashion. Because that's, that's what I imagine Yeelys. They're probably just missing the production like, and distribution. That's probably long gone for them. So as long as they can find someone to handle all of that, um, I can see people wheeling down the road again. <laughs> oh absolutely i mean we love our bird scooters and stuff so why not exactly just always have it on mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've asked a lot of questions it's time to get serious on this podcast because we ask the big questions we don't we don't shy away so caddy if you were one of the seven dwarves that is dopey doc bashful happy grumpy sleepy or sneezy which one would you be Oof. Um, it's a tough one. I, I, it is, it is. I, you know, I, I like. I, I want to say happy. I think. Well, that's but good. I, but I think I'd have to say grumpy. To be honest, <laughs> I don't think. I don't. No, I don't think grumpy necessarily means unhappy. I think those are two different, two different things. But um, I think that people would probably describe me as a little bit grumpy sometimes. Um, maybe it's just not. Maybe it's just I haven't quite um, adapted to the the enthusiasm of Americans yet. But I'm definitely seen as a little less. Um, a little less, less enthusiastic. Yeah, exactly. That's my um, 
my friends over here. We are loud. Yes. It is yes. very true. Well, <laughs> so, great answer, by the way. Um, taking it maybe back, dialing down the, the seriousness or the, the stakes of our questions. Um, what's a trend that you would like to see come back and what's one that you're happy is gone? Um, do you know what? I, do you know what? I've, I've been single-handedly trying to bring back Ed Hardy. Um, oh, okay. By by, um, by saying that I bought I bought a T-shirt of Grail. Um, <laughs> I, thought may, I thought maybe doing I, the most. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if I just step out, it will. You know, one person will see it. Um, I think I think Ed Hardy is due a comeback, and I think that that kind of um, it's almost like the the uh, the blend of like tattoo culture and fashion i think it's not far away and there's no reason why um yeah if you look at some of the, the old ed hardy prints i think they're really really cool um mm. and they were they were kind of fell victim to the the um the early 2000s and the uh the kind of tackiness of that era um but like you're seeing you're seeing a lot of the early 2000s um like paris hilton um britney spears kind of tackiness that's starting to kind of come back and so i don't see why um you know, I don't see why I can't lead the Ed Hardy revolution as well. <laughs> I can't wait for, uh, what is it, bedazzled crop tops to come back. I'm going to be exactly. rocking those. Oh, big time. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> Got to do my sit-ups, though. Get ready. And the other quote, what one trend I'm glad to see the back of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think, I like to think that we're coming out of the, the kind of logo mania era. Um mm. A little bit i think that like there's this i hope that fashion is starting to mature a bit away from that i think that um i think that kind of led a, a led a kind of era where people were mostly wearing certain brands for the status um and it's definitely something i fell victim to myself a few times um but it's like i think there was a period where that was so prominent um i think like the, the kind of you think about the first like the early off-white um, early off-white kind of dominance and how obvious it was that you were wearing an off-white piece it was like every single off-white piece was screaming this is off-white um, I think, I think <laughs> we're I think we're coming out of that now and I think there's a bit more discretion in it all um, and I think that's a positive thing I think that like yeah people should be choosing their pieces based on so many more things before, before the brand comes into it really absolutely <clears throat> So, Caddy, we're we're approaching the end of our questions, but we've got a couple couple big ones left. Uh, and this one is: Who are your inspirations? Who are my inspirations? Um, it could be like a... in fashion. It could be you know your family. It could be really anything. Just who inspires you on a day to day basis? Wow, um, I don't think of that. Hold on, you want to give me a second? <laughs> of course, take your time. That's right. Um, I guess uh, one inspiration for me, and I guess in the uh, in the fashion world, but something that translates uh, because I work in in advertising, work in marketing. Um, mm. I've always been a big fan of Helmut Lang, um, mm. particularly when he was obviously at Helmut Lang. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and you know, I still I still love their pieces today. But him as a person is someone who I've always kind of read around and um, been inspired by, both as a as a designer, but also as a marketeer. Um, mm-hmm. He was like he kind of pioneered a lot of things. Uh, the kind of uh, New York Fashion Week being one of them, but also I think the first designer to ever advertise on um, on taxis um, in New York City. So it's like all these all these kind of one of those people that 
was like a real trailblazer and um uh you know real kind of master of, of marketing in his day and like and i think that i think there are people these days that can be commended for that i think that like despite um despite not being a huge fan of their brands now as much as i was a few years ago i i, I always kind of looked up to the way that someone like virgil or um uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, Palm Angels, people like that, the way they, they've kind of marketed their products um, has always been kind of, I think that the, 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 the designers who have really led the, the kind of Instagram revolution, um, mm. I really, 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 really respect. And um, I like the way that, yeah, they've kind of, um, like the, the certain designers have dominated the, the space. Um, and that's like important for me to keep an eye on, obviously, because of the work I do. But um, yeah, it's also quite creatively inspiring. And uh, I think that for me, the queen of all that is, of course, Vivian Westwood. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, one of the first like real like fashion design, you know, rock stars, like pure punk. Um, and I think people that can really mix that blend of, um, you know, social and their own political views and, and make fashion a real statement as opposed to just, um, you know, just design, I think is also really, really inspiring to me. Mm. For sure. Out of my own curiosity, we've seen a lot of brands kind of rebrand themselves, whether it be like um, YSL to Saint Laurent Paris or, you know, what have you. Do you think that there is a um, rebrand that was done really, really well kind of from an advertising standpoint? I think arguably the recent resurgence of Burberry, I think is one of the, the most, uh, one of the best I've seen in the recent years. I think Burberry were in a place two or three years ago. Um, where they were kind of falling behind a lot of the fashion houses mm. um and uh, i think ricardo's work was just been has just been insane like i think that um I think it's almost like the blueprint that a lot of these brands took was uh you know take the traditional logos and put them in the same font um which you, know, you, could, <laughs> which you could say is, is a shame it's you kind of lose a bit of that heritage but aside from that yeah. i think what Bur- burberry did has been insane in terms of um really kind of reintroducing themselves it's like a, a streetwear staple and um, yeah, the marketing I think has just been has just been spot on, and um, it's not easy for a fashion house like of that kind of tradition and heritage to do things that um, I imagine a lot of the, the kind of people in the uh, you know the executive offices wouldn't dream of allowing them to do. Um, but it's something they've they've done really well, I think, um, and I think we're about to see it with a few other brands who are kind of catching up. Uh, Givenchy maybe I think will be next again. I think they're a brand that's kind of fallen behind a little recently in their, their kind of relevance and culture mm-hmm. uh, and I think Gucci as well Gucci probably have done the best of the last maybe five to ten years um, I remember they were probably the first and only luxury fashion brand to run a meme campaign which I think was I think it was like four years ago now quite a while ago it was when I first moved here and they they enlisted a few um, of kind of I think they were New York based uh, meme pages to to market one of their like watch collections and you just think about the the levels of approval that would have had to go through and the people oh my that gosh, have signed yeah. that off. Um, and it amazes me to this day that they were able to do that. And I think Gucci ever since have really led the way in um, in the way that they've uh, appealed to like the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been been uh, yeah really really exciting to see. Yeah, awesome answer. Damn, um, we are on the the eve of our final question here. We are not done even after that um but debatably our most um contentious question um 
It is uh, a trademark of the Pair of Kings podcast. It is a it is a staple. Um, Caddy, yes. If you had a year to eat a door, a wooden door, hinges and doorknob included, do you think you could do it? And if so, how? I think I could do it. Is the first answer. <laughs> Um, I think the 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 door itself would wouldn't be a massive problem. I think I'd, I'd I don't know if this has been answered in the same way before. But to me, the obvious answer is a blender. Mm-hmm. I would blend blend it into very very fine wood shavings, and then I would just sprinkle it into a morning smoothie, um, one by you know bit by bit. And I don't think that would be. I might make might make me very ill. It might you know the fumes of the paint might kill me, but um, <laughs> I I think I think theoretically I could get it done. Uh, hinges and doorknob I haven't quite figured out how that's going to work yet um, <laughs> maybe melting it down and again the last few smoothies can just have a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of an edge um, I don't know if that's a good answer but that's, that's that's the best I have it's a great answer yeah Anything... what did other people say <laughs> we've had quite a variety um Anything from just straight up, no, I couldn't. We've had uh, an amount of people say similar, like uh, eat it day by day, sawdust. Um, perhaps <laughs> our our most profound answer was from a man named Rashid Silvera, who said he would simply spend a year getting to know the door better, just becoming one with the door rather than consuming it and just understanding the door wow. and who the door is and that basically brought Saul and I to tears. That was, <laughs> but, um, that was very powerful. So we've had quite a range, but you know, we're happy to hear any of our guests start some, uh, some creative thinking and see how they tackle it. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, you know, with that, that concludes the, uh, the meat and potatoes portion of this podcast, but Caddy, we're not done quite yet. Uh, as we are an audio medium, we do enjoy music and we were wondering if you had a song of the week, so to speak, yeah, um, I've been, I guess my the kind of soundtrack to my lockdown, um, I suppose, has been Lil Baby. Um, well, Lil Baby and Gunner, but I'm going to go with a Lil Baby song um, and a song called Catch the Sun, which um, I just think is a, yeah, a kind of, a quite a special song um, and very summery to kind of give us a, a taste of what, what the summer could have been. <laughs> uh, if, if yeah, if circumstances weren't the way they were. Be right back, guys. I'm gonna go cry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna curl up into a ball and think about what could have been. I yeah, I probably I probably should have said that. <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. We we're all reminiscing on summers of the past right now. Indeed. What about you, John? Song of the week. Um, we're we're doing a bit of a throwback for my song of the week to. Ooh. Before my time, but a song that I appreciate to no end. Uh, that song is Boogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Emotions. Um, if you aren't familiar with it by name, chances are you heard it by sound because it's it's a relatively popular song from back in the day. I've been on quite the funky old school wave um, <laughs> really during this in the entirety of this podcast since we started in January. And that doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> it's a spectacular song. I listened to it actually while I was out for a run today. And it, it got me running quick. So Boogie Wonderland is my pick. 
There is an awesome remix to Boogie Wonderland that I will send oh, you. Oh, don't I know it. That's that's a great song. I know them both. Awesome. Don't worry. I am, I'm glad that you know it. Um, continuing with my own personal trend of recommending uh, women or women-led groups uh, for season two of Pair of Kings, uh, my song of the week is All Night Long by the Mary Jane Girls. Um, I think it's another one where you've probably heard it by sound. Uh, I think it's been sampled a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you've definitely heard it before, but you may not know that you've heard it before. Ah, like pair of Kings podcast. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. And Mm -hmm. for anyone interested, these songs can all be found in our playlist, which is entitled pair of Kings. Uh, It's available on Spotify. Uh, additionally, we have the playlist pair of Kings favorite songs, which Saul and I add to just as we're listening to music in our day to day. That's more just doesn't necessarily have to be our favorite song of the week, but just songs we've been enjoying. However, on that note, we have uh, we finished all of our questions. Caddy, thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, before we get going, we'd love to give you a minute or two or really as long as you want to plug whatever you have going on and let the people know where they can find you. I mean, I don't really have a great deal going on right now, but you can follow me um, at Pathetic Fashion or at Catty if you'd like to see um, my very unexciting personal life. Proud to say I follow <laughs> both. Exactly. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, this has been another episode of Pair of Kings. Caddy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank uh, you. You're a busy man, but we appreciate that you took some time to come chop it up with the boys on the pod. Um, and, uh, you know, best of luck with, with quarantine and with everything going on this year. We, we hope to see you continue to thrive. Thanks very much. You too. Oh, thank you. Saul, you want to take us out? I was going to ask you, John, but I would be more than happy to. Uh, as always, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, listening. Uh, thank you again to Caddy, aka Pathetic Fashion, for joining us. Um, I am Saul Thompson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, John Hogaboom. We'll get that smoother one day. However, <laughs> together we <laughs> are. It wasn't very, bad. It wasn't bad, but we we got to get it like like automatic. We'll we'll get it. It's just okay. like me at the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Together, we are Pair of Kings podcast, where we bring you bi-weekly for the foreseeable future. Uh, Business as usual, tomfoolery as planned. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Thanks, everyone.